This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. The National Basketball Association is seen as one of the most successful sports leagues out there today. And now teams are getting ready to, believe it or not, sign players to contracts that are valued over $200 million. Yet teams also have to be very mindful about the cost to the consumer as well. Jamie Dynan is founder and chairman and CEO of Your Capital Management, but he's also co-owner of the Milwaukee Bucks. And he is here at the Global Forum, did a uh, seminar about the business of sport. Nice to meet you. Thank Uh, you very much for being here. uh, Dan, it's my pleasure. Uh, As an owner, what's the best thing about the NBA right now? And what's the thing that the league still needs to, to work on the most? Okay, the best thing I think about the league right now is the quality of the product, the quality of the game. Right. Uh, the game is really exciting to watch. Right. I mean, we have a lot of great players in the league. Obviously, LeBron James, everyone you know knows about. But we have a lot of young and up-and-coming players. In Milwaukee like Bucks. Antetokounmpo for your uh, team. Like, like Giannis Antetokounmpo for our team. Uh, Chris Paul, obviously, you know, he's been around forever. But we got Andre Jordan. You know, we've got uh, Joe Embiid here in yep. Philadelphia. Yep. He's coming up. Uh, one of my favorites is Anthony Davis. Call Anthony Towns. So the league is uh, is exciting. The game is fast now. You know, it's not the old Detroit Pistons kind of. You know, like uh, you know, a concrete jungle type. The bad game. boys days. The bad yeah. boys. Yeah. And and it's fun to watch. So that's really I think huge. The second great thing about the league right now is the game is and the NBA in particular is becoming an international league. Yeah. It's really a global kind of footprint. And it's global I think less because of the individual teams as opposed to the individual players. Right. I think when you talk to people overseas, um, it's you know, it's Kobe Bryant, it's LeBron sure. James, you yeah. know, it's these superstars Steph Curry. that they're yeah. Steph Curry that yeah. they're watching. Yeah. Okay, they're not watching the Warriors, they're watching staff. Yeah. Actually, they're probably watching the Warriors, <laughs> but that might be the exception. When we go, I go away games, for example, uh, Bucks away games, and I'm amazed now. There's always a few thousand people waving Greek flags. Yeah, and to yeah. me, that's the future of the NBA: is this globalization of the brand, and the product is the best in the world. Right. And as a result, the bigger you get, the more relevant you get, the more you know dollars that come in, which sure. is terrific as a as an owner and. And in terms of uh, the biggest challenges the league is facing, I think the biggest challenge the league is facing is, is the challenge all professional sports teams are chasing. How do you keep and capture young viewers' eyeballs? Sure. Kids today have attention spans that are, shall we say, shorter yes. than, than our generation. Yes. They have a lot more opportunities, a lot more opportunities like video games in particular that they really like as part of their pastime. And as a result, sports, I think, are less of a, you know, be-all, end-all for them. It's also compounded by the fact that while digitization has increased, cord cutting has increased. Like, you know, in my own firm, I did a poll, not because of basketball, but because of cable TV stocks that we were looking at investing. And I was shocked two-thirds of the millennials in my firm do not have cable TV. Yeah. And by the yeah. way, none of them have a landline telephone. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Which yeah. is, you know, which I would have gotten, but I was surprised about the cable TV. And, 
and and you and actually, in the, if you look at the league right now, the NBA this year, viewership on you know network TV is down about seven percent. Okay. And I think I read. You might know this better than me. The NFL was down even more, you know, right. last year because they were they were thinking that it was partly linked to the uh, to the to the uh, run up to the election. So that was the concern that the NFL had for quite a while. So I, I think that's always a challenge. I've always had this view that, and I think you alluded to it as well, tickets to see these games live are not cheap. Sure. I yeah. Mean, when I was a kid, my dad would take me to Boston Celtics games. And granted, okay, we were up in the rafters, yep. but they were $2. Yeah, yeah. I came to New York City in 1981. The bleacher seats in Yankee Stadium were $2. Yeah. Okay, today these things are 50 60 plus dollars and it's really expensive for the average dad to take their kids to, you know, a game, certainly more than one game. Sure. And I think that hurts the, the ultimately the league and the sports. I, became a, I was a huge sports fan growing up. It stayed with me. And I worry that a lot of dads would like to take their kids more right. to live games, and you know, e- and economically just don't have the opportunity. Which, which brings me to a, a point I wanted to bring up anyway is the fact that the, how do how do teams really focus on that as a problem? Because obviously the bottom line is to sell as many tickets as you can, make that per cap as good as you can. Yep. But you have to be wary of what. People are facing in the economy, even eight, nine years from the recession, people are still trying to build themselves back up. Yep. And so I think, unfortunately, most teams, and I would include our team in there, we're very focused on just trying to maximize our gate, right. maximize our revenues. Uh, and so obviously, we're very community oriented yeah. in terms of giving back and so forth. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, there's, there's all good things you would do for the future of the sport you would view as external economies. Sure. Okay? And I don't think most uh, owners or teams are thinking about positive external economies. They're really just thinking about the... um, about, you know, their own own economics, their own team, their own payroll, their own player development. That's where probably the league comes in. Right. The league, I can speak for the NBA, the league is very focused on these issues and... uh, you know, they're trying to keep it accessible, keep it open, be real role models. I think they recognize that digitization is probably in the fu- really going to be the future medium. Sure. Um, and, and that may even be preferable for the next generation of millennials, right. so to speak, uh, because many cases... These you know, the really good teams at Golden State, you can't get a ticket. I mean, it's sold out. Jamie Dynan is a co-owner of the Milwaukee Bucks, also with your capital management. He joins us here on Sirius XM 111, business radio powered by the Wharton School. Your club is in the process of building a new arena in Milwaukee. It seems like we are now starting to see a little bit of, of a push to have new arenas, mm-hmm. the indoor arenas mm-hmm. in sports. We went through the, the NFL, although that's still there. Major League Baseball had its time. Uh, the, the need to have a new arena in Milwaukee comes from what? Uh, I think twofold. Uh, well, maybe threefold, actually. One, uh, when we bought the team, the, the league mandated that we build a new arena by, okay. actually by 2017. Well, they gave us an extra year. We will launch in October 2018. Um, and their view is we need to maintain the quality of the product. Okay. Okay. And the quality of the product is shown globally, and they don't want rundown older arenas sure. and so forth. Yeah. Um, that's fair. Uh, 
our arena currently, the BMO Bradley Center, is the oldest or the second oldest arena in the league. It was built in the 80s. It's per- actually a reasonably nice arena, right. but it was built for as a hockey arena. Okay. So about a third of the seats are in the lower bowl, two-thirds of the seats are in the upper bowl. The modern NBA arena is much more dense, better fan experience. 60, 65% of the seats are in the lower bowl, and the upper bowl is where about a third of the seats are. Right. So better layout. The economics of suites are much, much more advantageous now. Yeah. So a lot of the benefit of going to a new arena is you're getting a better fan experience and you're getting a higher, you know, I would say, ticket you know, price you know, point, as well as a much higher luxury suite uh, type price point as well. So our gate will increase substantially you know, between 2017 and 2018 right. as we move into the new arena. And we will benefit, I think, economically as a result. One of the interesting stories I saw about your club recently was about the fact that you did a women's sport, women in sports night mm-hmm. recently. Yes. And talked about uh, making sure that there are opportunities for women working in professional sports. We've talked about that in general. Obviously, the concerns in, in, the, in the tech sector uh, of women being able to have those opportunities. But you guys actually taking this front and center and making this something that you feel it's it's an important issue to, to address. So it, it, I'm actually amazed that you actually know that because um, that was just, you know, just the other day. Yeah. And so we are, well, you know, we're, we're all from New York, so we're pretty liberal minded and sure. open minded. And I think uh, we, we all do what our wives tell us to do. So uh, we're, we're used to having powerful women. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but we have really made it the Bucks. Uh, uh, organization empowering women. We have, I would guess, almost a dozen, uh, you know, female professionals who have real, real responsibility yeah. in running, you know, parts of our organization. They're much, much more, I would call, it, on the front office side of things as opposed to the basketball operation side. Yeah. But they play huge roles. They're uh, really empowered. And if you walk, in, in, you probably have well over 100 employees in our front office. I'd say, you know, maybe half of the heads are are a woman, and they do a great job. Yeah. We're talking with uh, Jamie Dynan, who is the co-owner of the uh, Milwaukee Bucks. One final question for you, because we're getting to that time of the year where the playoffs are coming around. Yes. Uh, You have to be... How do you feel going potentially to try and, and make a playoff run for your team? We're, we're definitely making a playoff run. Right okay. now, we're kind of tied for ninth. Yeah. I think we're like one out for eighth, which is the last spot. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm actually nervous, okay, for the, <laughs> uh, since, for the first time since, I would say, opening night back in, back in October. Yeah. I mean, I, I went to a, a dinner here last night. Uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers were being the Detroit Pistons, uh, which was good because we're trying to bump Detroit out. Yeah. By the time I got home, I realized the Pistons had rallied in the fourth quarter to beat the Cavaliers. I was depressed for two hours, <laughs> and I can't believe LeBron let me down. And uh, so when, you, when you're starting to pay attention to the other teams, yeah. you know you basically sucked in. Tonight we have a big game against Indiana. It is a home, but you know we got Paul George. You got to contend with. Yeah. Hopefully we can continue. We have a four-day, four-game winning streak. It's our longest of the year so far. Yeah. Um, we just have to keep winning and you know just hope for the best. It's really, really important for I, I think the whole psyche of the team um, to basically always play to win. Okay. It's been a pleasure meeting you. Thank you very much, Jamie. Okay, All my pleasure. Okay, Thank thanks, you. Dan. Okay, Jamie Dynan, uh, co-owner of the uh, Milwaukee Bucks. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.